This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington. My name is Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today. Happy Thanksgiving. This uh, Thursday was Thanksgiving Day, so I hope you had a good time with your family and friends. And uh, we're going to talk about various things going on in Washington, D.C. this week. Pretty busy news week, so we'll touch all of the major topics going on in Washington, D.C. Before I do that, I want to remind you of a few things. You can always catch the Exposing Washington podcast by going to our website, AFR.net. You can go to our website, AFR.net, and get the Exposing Washington podcast there. You can also download the American Family Radio app on your mobile device, on your tablet, on your local app store, and listen there. And lastly, we have the podcast posted at all the various podcast stores whether it be on Apple or Android devices. So pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, you can get Exposing Washington and listen at your convenience. One other project I want to bring up is a project called In His Image, which we've been working on here at American Family Association and American Family Radio. We've been working on In His Image, which is a full-length documentary uh, outlining God's plan for human sexuality. So we're addressing all the major issues facing our culture now when it comes to human sexuality. And not only are we addressing it and, and giving you what Scripture says about human sexuality, about God's creation, God's design, but we're also... Um, giving, providing hope through God's transformative power. We are offering up, um, <clears throat> are really uh, giving witness to God's power to transform lives. So very good documentary. It's called In His Image. If you want to watch it for free, you can. It's a full-length documentary, but we're offering it for free. Just go to inhisimage.movie. That's inhisimage.movie and you can watch it for free there on our website. About an hour and 40 minutes, it's a very, very good documentary and something you'll want to share with your family and friends after you've seen it. Jumping right into the news of the week, the the status of President Trump's legal challenges across the country um, haven't changed much. They've, they've changed, and there's one, specifically one update that I'll provide you and, and might I remind you that things change literally by the hour. So 
an update I may be giving you right now could change here in a couple of days. So as of the recording of this show, um, here's the latest. So President Trump, his campaign, well, there is a lawsuit in Pennsylvania challenging what I would describe as various unconstitutional orders by the Secretary of State's office. And so this lawsuit in Pennsylvania, my understanding of it is it's not actually a um, – it's not a Trump campaign lawsuit officially, but it has implications that would affect uh, President Trump's campaign. But this, uh, this, this ruling by this judge, this order by this judge, it, uh, it blocks the certification of Pennsylvania's election results pending a hearing set to take place on Monday, this upcoming Monday, November 30th. And so that's a that's a development in this overall uh, campaign uh, election lawsuits. That's a that's a, a status update there. So we'll see where that goes. And you know, honestly, if you want to know my overall sense of what's going on and what's going to happen, well, I really just don't know what's going to happen. But I will tell you this: as far as timeline goes, you know, I think it's I think it's unfair. I think it's premature to write off the Trump campaign. And their lawsuits. I think it's I think it's too early to be writing them off as if they've already uh, lost in court, and this is over, and you can expect a President Biden. We're just not there yet. I mean, logistically, legally, we're not there. So to to write the Trump campaign off at this point completely, I think is just irresponsible. Um, and and many people that are doing that uh, have political motives behind it. But the the really important date that we need to look at is December 14th. December 14th is when the Electoral College meets in their respective states and they officially cast their vote for president. That's December 14th. Then on January 6th is when Congress certifies the Electoral College votes. And so really between now and December 14th, things can change. And that's why I say it's too early to declare Donald J. Trump defeated indefinitely when it comes to the presidential race. Is the clock ticking? Yes. Is the window narrowing? Yes. Is it an uphill fight for President Trump to come back and win this in court? Yes, it is an uphill fight. But is it over yet? No, it's absolutely not over. Um, and we're seeing that right now with these various lawsuits working their way through the court system. And eventually, at least one of these cases will make it to the Supreme Court, I believe, in the coming weeks. But we will uh, see. Couple other things uh, going on in uh, Washington D.C. And by the way, let me let me read this report to you because this is important. You know, we have and let me comment on 
election fraud on irregularities before I just move on as if that's not a major topic. Was there election fraud? Absolutely, 100%, it's documented, people cheated in this election. To the extent that there was fraud and there was cheating, that is still coming out. But we know that there have been hundreds of sworn affidavits submitted in the court of law outlining election fraud. Some of the accusations include um, a handful of ballots, a handful of votes. Other accusations implicate hundreds of votes. And then there are some affidavits that implicate thousands of votes. But for the media, or really anyone, to say that there was no election fraud, there were no irregularities, and even the media now has changed the terminology to now they're saying there was no widespread election fraud, widespread irregularities. Either way, both of those are factually inaccurate. So they're either lying or they don't know what they're talking about. One of the two. Typically, it's the the first. Sometimes it's the latter. But there was, there continues to be documented (laughs) election fraud. Some of it in the thousands upon thousands. And that information will continue to come out as the days go on. Whether that changes the outcome of the election, I don't know. That's why I think we have to wait until the December 14th date that I mentioned on the Electoral College. And let me remind you, various states are having hearings as we speak on this scandal, on this disaster of an election. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania are three that I know of where their state legislatures are having hearings on these various accusations and documented cases of fraud and irregularities. And many of these are Republican-run states when it comes to the, the legislature, but they have Democrat governors. On the results of the election, I want to remind folks because the media is not really talking about this because it doesn't fit their narrative. But conservatives, not just Republicans, conservatives won down ballot on November 3rd from top to bottom with the exception of the presidency, which is in and of itself is a major irregularity. <laughs> Conservatives won down ballot across the board. Conservatives won. And it was really historic because you have places like New Hampshire where now Republicans control not only the legislative branch, but they also control the the governor's mansion. 
Republicans in New Hampshire now control the state legislature, both chambers, and the governor's mansion. Republicans maintained control of the Florida legislature. They maintained control of the Michigan legislature, the Wisconsin legislature, the Pennsylvania legislative branch. And the list goes on. They picked up seats in California. They defended the Senate. I'm talking about Republicans. And so before we start being all gloomy and doomy about how President Trump lost and America's over as we know it, I would just urge caution using that kind of language because, yes, when it comes to Christian values and the conservative worldview, would a President Biden be a setback? Absolutely. I mean, the the policies, and we'll talk about them, that a potential Biden administration will put forth, these policies are horrific. They're terrible for our country. They're terrible for life. They're terrible for liberty. They're terrible for economic prosperity. But let, let's don't let's let's shy away from this language of this apocalyptic language. Because first, as as Christians, we are called to be faithful to God's word and to fight for what is right and be salt and light as long as we're on this earth. So I think you can have two different perspectives, or really one perspective that's diverse, in viewing the potential outcome of this election. I think Christians can be, if you want to call it, disappointed, that that we, we are going to have or could have a president that is in favor of killing babies up to nine months and a president that is going to implement horrific policies that go directly counter to the Christian worldview, to Christian values. I think we can be practically disappointed in that but not lose our eternal perspective. I don't think those two conflict. Because there's our temporal situations on this earth and there's, then there's our eternal perspective on eternity, on heaven, on hell, and what God calls us to. And I don't think those two necessarily conflict. But I would hesitate. I would caution against using apocalyptic language when it comes to the state of our country because we don't know what God's going to do to our, to our country, whether it be through revival or other means, and we just don't know. So we need to keep fighting. We need to speak the truth. We need to make, make sure people know what's going on. We need to be honest about our current state, um, but we don't need to count our country off as being done when we're still here to fight another day. And we're seeing this go on in Georgia. Now I'm getting back to political speak. But 
there's been this talk about starting another party, about conservatives starting another political party because the Republican Party is not cutting it. There's too many moderates. They don't, they don't keep their word. They stab us in the back. I'm speaking as a, as a conservative. There's too many rhinos, Republicans in name only. There's that sentiment out there, and I actually understand it, and sometimes I feel that way. But there are some out there, and not many, but some conservatives who have been pushing for a third party option, a conservative party separate from the Republican Party. And it sounds noble. The case for that is strong until an opposing viewpoint enters and then it becomes very weak. And I'm about to provide that opposing viewpoint. But before I do that, I want to play a clip. This is Dinesh D'Souza responding to such a proposition. What proposition am I talking about? The, the thought or the idea of starting a third party because some conservatives are dissatisfied with the Republican Party. Clip two, let's listen. I do want to say two things. One, uh, we should put aside any kind of foolish talk about starting a third party. I've been hearing some of this and it's um, a very bad idea. American politics is fought in teams. Uh, we need to bring together the traditional Republicans and the Patriots or the MAGA types. Both need each other. Temperamentally, the two groups are a little different, uh, but they do have many shared values and only together can they defeat the Democrats and the left. American politics has had more than one party. New parties have come into being, including in the 19th century, the Republican Party, but the Republican Party replaced the Whig Party. So unless you can think of a new party that would incorporate the Republican Party, this idea that we can have a Democratic Party, a Republican Party, say a MAGA party, we can never win that way. So drop that idea. <laughs> well, that's Dinesh D'Souza saying what I'm thinking here, and he's exactly right. Look, honestly, when you look at the Republican Party platform, which is very important, I mean it's the basic, basic, basic doctrine of the Republican Party – it's very solid from a Christian perspective. The Republican Party platform was put together by evangelical Christians, and I know many of them. The Republican Party platform's view on life, on religious liberty, on individual liberty, on all of the things that God cares about and our Constitution protects The Republican Party platform is rock solid. I actually don't virtually have zero complaints about it, and I'm a pretty critical guy. So the problem is, and I think that's where this frustration comes, is that there are many – well, I wouldn't say many. There are some and probably many politicians in the Republican Party who don't – follow the Republican Party platform when it comes to the issues. They stray from the platform, and that's when conservatives get frustrated. Conservatives also get frustrated when Republicans don't have a backbone and they don't fight against these radical people who hate our country. 
And both of those frustrations about not keeping your word, not keeping your promises, and not having a backbone, both of those frustrations are well justified. And I share those. And I actually call out Republicans on this show for not keeping their word. I've done it with Senator McConnell. I've done it with Mitt Romney. I've done it with, with Paul Ryan. I mean, I've done this with, with dozens of Republicans. And when they don't keep their word, when they don't follow the party platform, they should be called out on it. But thinking that, that conservatives are going to start another party and that everything's going to be dandy, that is a joke. That is naive. Because in every party, there are moderates. And if conservatives decided that they were going to start a third party, what happens when there's moderates in that party? Do we then start a fourth party and a fifth party and a sixth party? The, a similar analogy is, a, is about when people leave churches. When they leave congregations because they don't like the music, they don't like the pastor, they don't like the youth minister, they don't like how the pews are lined up or what kind of music is played. And I, I know I'm, I'm a Southern Baptist. You know, we've all been through this, anybody who attends a church. this It's, it's a similar analogy. When people start leaving churches, leaving congregations because they don't like one thing out of a litany of things that the church does, then you get to the next church and you don't like what they do. So then you just find yourself bouncing around to different churches, different congregations, and you're never satisfied, and you could never contribute to the fullest. Same thing could be said about the Republican Party and conservatives. I think what conservatives need to do is make sure that we have conservatives running in the Republican Party. And so there are ways to address this frustration and issue without starting a third party, which is a ridiculous idea, and Dinesh D'Souza agrees with me. Moving on to a couple other things. Speaking of Washington, D.C. and politicians putting on a show and not keeping their word, let's talk about that. Let's play clip, clip, clip three. This is John Concha on Fox News expressing his frustration about how there's all these hearings in Congress but there's no action. Clip three, let's listen. I'm tired of these tech hearings. You know, it's it's deja vu all over again. And, you know, every couple of months we see Mark Zuckerberg or we see Jack Dorsey, who's going to be great, by the way, in Castaway 2 as Tom Hanks' stunt double. I mean, that, that beard is just, the resemblance is overwhelming. But, you know, we, we see them ah. get grilled every time they go up there, right? And and that's the one word that everybody uses, grilled. So then you have a Senator Cruz, or you have a Senator Graham, or you have a Senator Hawley. They got some sort of gotcha question where then Zuckerberg or Dorsey looks like they're in a hostage video because they're, no, they're being contradicted at that point, or at least their actions are being contradicted by uh, what they do and what they say. And it gets played, and we get a lot of sound bites out of it, and then nothing happens. Section 230 doesn't get repealed or modified in any way. These tech giants, you don't hear anything resembling serious proposals around actually breaking up these tech giants. So I think a lot of Americans are frustrated at this point because they see these Senate hearings, they see yeah. all the attention they get, they see these these folks up there doing the soapbox thing, and then nothing happens. So hopefully in the next Congress something does. But for now, well, it seems to be status quo, just a lot of talk. Well, thank you for someone else saying that and not just me. For years, I've called it a circus. And Republicans do the circus too. 
because this Senate committee is run by uh, Republicans. And this is the fundamental problem with Washington, and it's so frustrating, is we have hearing after hearing after hearing after hearing. And guess what gets done? Squat. Nothing gets done because Washington is in, in a, in a, in a stati- state of pure stagnation. They are stagnant. They can't get anything done because they can't agree on anything. Or either they can't agree on anything or they don't want to get anything done. Some would say the latter. But Section 230, which a portion of Section 230, it's a law, gives these big tech companies that are carrying out tyrannical orders from their CEOs on how to block speech, free speech, they are given this immunity in the law to where you can't hold them accountable at all, and it's utterly ridiculous. And getting Congress to amend this has been like pulling teeth, except worse. And I agree with Joe Concha. I'm tired of the hearings, and I want to see action. And if it's the Democrats holding things up, then let's call the Democrats out for days and weeks on end. Moving on to one last uh, area that I want to cover is what, what can be expected in the coming months and years when it comes to this whole coronavirus situation or pandemic. And this, 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 is, this fight is going to be had, this fight is going to take place no matter whether President Trump is able to, to pull out a victory in court or whether Joe Biden ends up being our next president. This fight is going to happen, and it's a fight over religious liberty when it comes to these coronavirus vaccines. And not just religious liberty, but the right to determine what goes into your body and what doesn't. Because I'm already reading the stories where private companies, where governments are going to require everyone to get a COVID vaccine. And when I say everyone, I'm talking about to do different things, to participate in public schooling, to fly on an airline, to do these various things. They're saying you're going to have to get this coronavirus vaccine. Otherwise, you can't be a part of society. So we need to get ready for this fight. We need to understand how we're going to defend our, our liberty because it's coming. One way or another, that fight is coming. Exposing Washington, American Family Radio. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.